Well, good morning. Happy Labor Day weekend. You don't have to work tomorrow, most of you. Amen? Like, that's worth of a, yeah. Hey, we've been in a series called Listen. That's ancient words for modern families. And we've been walking through an Old Testament passage called the Shema, which is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And so really what we've been talking about for the last four weeks is what does it look like for us to pass faith on to the next generation? And so here's what we're going to do today. It's going to be a little bit different today. I'm just giving you that heads up, okay? Fair warning, it's going to be different. What we're going to do is we're going to actually recap where we've been. So we're actually going to reread through the passages that we've studied for the last four weeks. We're going to look at that main idea from the, from the weeks previous. And then here's what we're going to do. We're going to have an opportunity to pray, to pray the Shema back to God and, and, to, and to make it real, to make it personal in our lives. Now, I know some of you right now, as soon as I say that, you're like, wait, wait, hold on a sec. We're going to have to, yeah, we're going to be praying together. And here's what it is. We're not going to ask you to do something uncomfortable. We're not going to be like, hey, go to that stranger you don't know and ask them to pray with you. We're not going to do that. But I will encourage you, if you came with your family, maybe this would be one of the first times that I might say, hey, with the people that you came with, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your family, Gather together and and pray together. If that's uncomfortable for you and you just kind of want to link arms and you're just like, hey, we're in this together and you're just going to pray by yourself, that's awesome too. But, But I wanted you to have the freedom to have time with the Lord today and to talk with God today. And so that's where we're going. That's what we're going to do. Whatever's most comfortable for you, awesome. Okay? Make sense where we're going? So four weeks ago... We started in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. It's the beginning of the Shema, and it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. The Lord alone. And we looked at, the big idea that we looked at that week was following Jesus requires that we embrace exclusivity. And exclusivity is not very popular in our world. When Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one gets to the Father except through me, that's pretty exclusive, and that's not very popular in our world. But I'll tell you, one of the things that really stuck out to me as we studied this passage is I've always read translations that says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. But actually, the translation of the Lord alone actually encompasses what the Jewish people would have, would have heard, would have understood better, really. The Lord alone. And I got to tell you something. It made it harder for me. Because when I used to read it, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, I used to use that as like a apologetic for Trinity. And I would look at it and I go, see, right there, we can look. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one. The Lord our God, the Lord is a one God. And, and he is, but this passage, it, that's what I used to do. And, and it was easier for me because it was just a head knowledge. Yeah, that's just, yeah, it's just right there. But all of a sudden, when you encompass it in the, the Lord alone, then I went, wait a sec. 
Because it moves from a head knowledge to a heart knowledge to a hand knowledge to go, I've got to do something about this. Because if I'm, if I'm real with you, I don't question in my heart whether I love Jesus. And I know some people do. I know some people, you wrestle right now and you're like, I don't know if I really love Jesus. Uh, for me, it's not a question of whether I love Jesus. The question that this passage makes me, confronts me with is this, do you love him alone? And I got to tell you, oftentimes, I like the Jesus and. And I look, and I look what vies for my thoughts, for my attention, where my money goes, all those things. And I look, and I have to go, do I really love Jesus alone? Because if I look at my life honestly, then I notice that money gets in the way, my house gets in the way, my boat gets in the way. All these things get in the way of vying for that alone spot in my heart and in my mind and in my life. And here's even something even more, and I might push a button here, but this is real for me. Our kids, our grandkids, or our spouses can also vie for that alone spot in our life. Are those good things? Absolutely. 100%. Great things. Gifts from God even. But when we take a good thing and we place it in a spot that it was never meant to be in, it can become an idol in our life. And Jesus comes and, and the word of God comes and says, Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is alone. And so here's what we're going to do right in your seat, right here, right now. Here's the first thing we're going to pray. This is what we're going to say. Uh, God, what is preventing me from loving you alone? And as soon as I say that, you might already even know that. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to say, God, what is preventing? What is that thing that's taking up the space in my mind that should be yours? Once you find that thing and once God reveals that thing, here's what I'm going to ask you to do with that. Just confess it back to him. So let's go ahead and we're going to take a moment right here, right now. God, what is preventing me from loving you alone? I know as we pause and we pray that some of you, this may seem like forever, and that was about 30 seconds. And that may seem like a long time for you. Others, you're like, Dave, stop talking. I was in the middle of a prayer. But this might be the beginning of a conversation for you. I'm not saying we're going to solve all this and we're not going to. This, I pray, is the beginning of a conversation for you. And, and maybe for some, this is a stretch, and that's okay. The Shema continues in Deuteronomy chapter 6, in verse 5. The author writes, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your might. Take to heart these instructions which I charge you this day. Impress them upon your children. 
Recite them when you stay at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them serve as a symbol on your forehead. Inscribe them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And the big idea that we looked at several weeks ago was this. Following Jesus means we learn to love Jesus most. We learn to love Jesus most. Have you ever noticed whatever gets your attention gets you? Have you ever, have you ever noticed that? Um, it was several years ago. It was probably six or seven years ago. It was before the metal water bottles. Remember like Hydro Flask and Yetis? They all have metal water bottles. They're double-walled, insulated. Before that, there was a water bottle called, it was called a Nalgene bottle. And that was like the big deal at the time. And I remember being in college, and it was cool. Like, if you were on your water bottle game, you had a Nalgene bottle. And they were BPA-free. Don't know what that means, and, but that was important. And, and they were unbreakable. And so I had my Nalgene bottle. And about six or seven years ago, I was at a job, and, and I had my Nalgene bottle on my desk and stuff. And here comes in our new youth pastor, and he walks in with this fancy I mean, you talk about like being on your game, water bottle game. This guy was on his water bottle game. He sets a black metal water bottle on my table. And I'm like, what is that? And he's like, you've never heard of this? I'm like, no, that's not an algae. That's not. And he's like, it's called the Hydro Flask. And I went, what's a Hydro Flask? And he goes, it'll keep your water cold and ice cold for all day long. And if you want hot water, if you want a hot drink in there, no big deal. You put a hot drink in there, it'll stay hot all day long. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. And he goes, and you know what? You lift lift up your Nalgene. I lift it up and there's watermark all underneath my, and he's like, Hydro Flask? Nope, doesn't do it. You know what I did right then in that moment? I went on Amazon and I ordered a Hydro Flask. And my wife's like, what did you, why are you buying that? I was like, because it's amazing. And here's what happened. I got my Hydro Flask and I was sold. And at that Christmas, I felt like Oprah handing out Hydro Flask to my families. It's like, you get a Hydro Flask, you get a Hydro Flask, you get a Hydro. And they're like, what is this? I'm like, it'll change your life. Because whatever gets your attention gets you. And so what happened? I told everybody I knew about a hydro flask. But here's the problem. I'm so quick to tell everyone about a water bottle to be on my water bottle game. Now I'm cheap. I go to Costco and I buy the thermo flask because you can get two of them for the price of one hydro flask. But if I'm quick to tell everyone about a water bottle, why am I not quick? If I love Jesus, if I have learned to love Jesus and, and to learn to love him most in my life, guess what? Then I should be very quick to talk about him. But guess what? Oftentimes I'm not. One of the things that we've talked about here in this room and across this campus and, uh, is we've talked about the three-by-five cards, the three-by-five cards is simply this, is, is we've handed out three-by-five cards and we said, write down three to five names of people that don't know Jesus yet and begin praying for them. It's an outreach strategy. And that's not going away. That's something we're going to continue doing. And here's what we're going to pray into now. We're going to pray into those three-by-five cards further that we have opportunities to share Jesus. Because if we love Jesus most then we talk about the things we love. And we look for opportunities to share about the things we love, about what Jesus has done in our heart and our life. Here's what I'm going to ask, though. A lot of you have three-by-five cards, and that's great. And if you're here by yourself, awesome. Pray into that. 
If you've never heard of the three by five card, maybe on your bulletin, it's simply this. God, would you show me three to five names of people who don't know you yet, and I'm going to start praying for them. But here's what I'm going to ask. If you came uh, with a few people, and maybe your spouse, or maybe you're here with a family, we've had individual three-by-five cards, but here's what I'm going to ask. Maybe have a couple's or a family three-by-five card. A card that together as a family, you say, we're going to write down three to five families that we interact with maybe daily that don't know Jesus And we're going to begin praying for them as a family. So you'll have your own personal three-by-five card, maybe people you work with, whatever it is. But maybe there's you and your wife or you and your spouse will have a couple's three-by-five card if it's just you in the house. Or maybe you're here with your kids and you go, hey, we're going to begin together praying for three to five families that don't know Jesus. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you about a minute. And once again, this is going to be quick. So I'm going to interrupt. And this is the beginning of a conversation, okay? So right now, this moment, let's take some time. Pray into our three-by-five cards, and maybe you're here as a family, and together you go, hey, what about so-and-so? We can begin praying for them together as a family. Let's go ahead and pray. In week three, we shifted from Deuteronomy 6 and we went over to Deuteronomy 11 and it says this, if then you obey the commandments that I enjoin upon you this day, loving the Lord your God and serving him with all your heart and soul, I will grant the rain for your land in season, the early rain and the late. You shall gather in your new grain and wine and oil. I will also provide grass in the fields for your cattle and thus you shall eat your fill. Take care not to be lured away to serve other gods and bow to them. For the Lord's anger will flare up against you, and he will shut up the sky so there will be no rain, and the ground will not yield its produce, and you will soon perish from the good land that the Lord is assigning to you. Therefore, impress these, my words, upon your very heart. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them serve as a symbol on your forehead and teach them to your children, reciting them when you stay at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you get up and inscribe them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates to the end that you and your children may endure in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to assign to them as long as there is heaven over the earth. What we looked at that week is this, is that following Jesus is a life to be lived. Following Jesus is a life to be lived. When we think about talking about faith, of of sharing faith, even with those in our own household, I have to tell you, sometimes it feels awkward, doesn't it? 
I used to think that pastors, I, I grew up and I had a friend that uh, his dad was the senior pastor of our church, and I always thought that pastors always had it figured out. They knew how to just talk about Jesus in their families all the time, and they, they had it all figured out. And, and maybe there's an insecurity in me where I feel broken because here's the reality is oftentimes I feel awkward about talking about Jesus to my own kids, the very people that it should be easy and most natural to talk about Jesus with. And if it's awkward to talk about it, with my own kids, gosh, it's even more awkward at times to talk about it with somebody that I work with, or not I work with, because that would be weird, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. It becomes awkward. And here's the thing, my kids sometimes, when I talk about Jesus, sometimes they'll fire back, because my kids have a very good gift of sarcasm, and um, they'll say, hey, Dad, don't pastor me. And I have to look at them, and at times when, I, when I'm feeling up to it, sometimes that just deflates me, and other times when I feel up to it, I look and I go, this has nothing to do with pastoring you, because you can go get a full-ride scholarship for softball, you can get a full-ride scholarship for soccer or football or whatever you're into, you can be the best and the top of your game, and you can go on and be successful that way, but if you don't love Jesus, then I feel like I failed. It has nothing to do with being a pastor. It's everything to do with Jesus is the most important thing in my life, and I want you to understand that, and I want you to know that. But I got to tell you, it's awkward. It's awkward talking with your kids. It's awkward talking with your neighbor. It's, oft, it's awkward talking with your, with your coworker about Jesus. I understand that, and I get it. But here's what I think. When, when, we, when it's a life to be lived, when it's who we are as people, I pray that it just becomes so natural that it becomes just who we are. That it's just an overflow of what God has already done in our hearts, what God is doing in our lives, that we just can't help but share it. And so we talk about it. We talk about it with our kids as if it's the most natural thing in the world because it is. And so here, I want to take a moment and I'm going to just pray for us. I'm going to pray for me as I pray for us. And so whether you're in blend or amped or whatever, there's times where we just need to embrace the awkward and step into it anyway. And here's, and here's the reality. Sometimes we've stepped into those awkward moments and we've totally botched it. Have you ever been in that place? And you're trying to share Jesus with somebody and you're like, so Jesus and he like died and there's this and love so you want to pray and they're like what <laughs> you're like yeah i just messed that up and so when we've messed it up here's what oftentimes happened fear creeps in there's a real enemy that goes you don't know how to do this why don't you let other people do that no we embrace the awkward we step into the awkward even though we've maybe messed up in the past we trust that the holy spirit's working in us and that he'll give us everything we need for what he's calling us to do in that moment so father we come and we say we wish i wish father that it wasn't so awkward that it wasn't so hard at times to talk to the very people in my own household about you Maybe it's awkward to talk about what you're doing in our lives and in our hearts with our spouse. Maybe that's just uncomfortable. Maybe it's hard with our kids and our kids are rebelling or maybe pushing against it. But God, I pray that you would give us the courage 
to be people who step into the awkward, who embrace those things, who say, I understand that it feels weird and it doesn't feel natural, but God, we trust that you will give us everything we need to accomplish what you have for us in that moment. And I pray that you would relieve the pressure that when those opportunities arise, whether it's with our kids and our own families, or, or maybe it's a coworker, or maybe it's a friend, that when you present those opportunities, would you relieve the pressure from us? It is not our job ever to save anybody. That's your job. I pray that we would be people who step into the awkward and who are faithful to the very thing that you called us to do in those moments. So God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just give us courage, that would give us conviction to step into those moments that you present to us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week we flipped over to Numbers chapter 15. Numbers 15, 37 through 41 says, The Lord said to Moses as follows, Speak to the Israelite people. Instruct them to make for themselves fringes on the corners of their garments throughout the ages. Let them attach a cord of blue to the fringe at each corner. That shall be your fringe. Look at it and recall all the commandments of the Lord and observe them so that you do not follow your heart and your eyes in your lustful urge. Thus you shall be reminded to observe all my commandments and to be holy to your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I, the Lord your God. What we talked about last week is this, is that following Jesus is tangible. Following Jesus is tangible. Something that just jumped out last week as Dave Grun was teaching was this. Find something that is simple, that is daily, and doable. And I, I heard that and I went, that makes sense to me. I'm a pretty simple person. So it's like, what is simple, daily, and doable that I can do that will shift my focus back to Jesus? I remember when I was a, <clears throat> I was a freshman in college, in my dorm room, uh, to get back to my dorm room, I had to walk past the soccer field. And as I would walk past the soccer field, there was the scoreboard for the soccer field. And I had heard something like in chapel or a church or something, kind of, kind of the same way, simple, daily, doable. What are those tangible type reminders that you can do to, to spark you, to urge you, to encourage you in that moment to pray? And so... I realized I was walking by this scoreboard two, three, something, four times a day. And so it became a tangible reminder to me that every time I walked past the scoreboard, it was a reminder, pray, pray. It was simple. It was daily. It was doable. Was it overtly spiritual? No, it was a scoreboard at a soccer field. But I don't know about you, but I need those simple reminders, something that it's just like, something that sparks my mind because my mind doesn't naturally go there. And so I have to shift my focus and I need something tangible, something that I can touch. 
And so here's what I'm going to ask you as, as we enter into this last prayer piece is this. What is something tangible that you do every day? What is something simple you do every day that you can attach a prayer to? Something that you just do every day that maybe is just so normal in your life. Maybe it's like, hey, I park my car in the garage and I walk in through the, through the garage door into the house. Maybe opening that garage door as you walk into the house, maybe that opening the door is a reminder. Maybe it's a trigger for you to go, you know what, I need to pray for those that are in my household. Maybe as you pull your car into the garage and as you close your garage, maybe that's a reminder to go, I need to pray for my neighbors because I know they're being shut out of my life right now because that's what garage doors do, but I need to pray for them. Maybe it's, we talked about last week is when you put on your shoes, maybe that's, Lord, would you direct my steps today? Maybe, what is it? What is it that is just something you do every day that you can shift your focus, that you can be more intentional to go, you know what, I'm going to use this thing that I do every day that is just mundane, and I'm going to take that, and I'm going to embrace it as holy, and I'm going to turn it into something that's going to shift my focus. So in this moment, maybe you ask God, God, what's something that I just do every day, something simple that I can attach prayer to? So I'm going to give you about 30 seconds here. When you get that idea, let me encourage you, write it down. You have a bulletin there, write down the idea. Or write down a word or two that will help you remember because I don't, good intentions are sometimes just that, good intentions. You're like, I'll remember it. If you're like me, oftentimes you'll forget. As God shows you what is that thing you do every day that you can attach a prayer to, whether it's for your spouse, your kids, your family, your neighbors, write it down. And here's some maybe, here's some next steps that you can do this week. If we talk about simple daily doable, there's some next steps. Our next steps, every, every week that we do next steps, our next steps are meant to be just that, simple daily doable. Nothing can be more simple daily doable than is something we already provide for you is the live it out section. It's broken down by day. <laughs> what day do I do this? Tuesday. <laughs> Simple daily doable. Participate in the live it out section. Another simple daily doable thing is I know some people on this, we encourage you to just recite a simple prayer. Maybe three times a day, maybe breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or maybe it's something you set an alarm to. But I'm going to encourage you to pray this this week. Jesus, it kind of sums up the whole Shema. Jesus, you are my God you alone. You are my God, you alone. Pray that three times a day. And here's what we're going to do now, is whether you're in Amped, you're in Blend, you're here in Live, I want to take a moment as we wrap up this series, I want to just pray over you to encourage you. This is about the next generation. 
And every single one of us has a role to play in that, whether it's in your own household, maybe it's your grandkids, maybe you're helping in the children's wing or, or student ministries, whatever it is, we all have a responsibility to pass faith to the next generation. And so Father, I do pray for Two Rivers Church, especially for this Harrison Lane campus, God, would we be people that would embrace the awkward, that would step into those times and those moments where you're calling us to show faith, to talk about faith to the next generation. But God, that's only gonna take place when we as individuals learn to love you most, when we embrace you alone, when we serve you alone. And so God, would you do that work in each and every person's heart? And God, I pray that you would give all of us the courage to step into those opportunities as they present themselves. And I pray that we would show people, because some things are taught. Yes, some things are taught. We teach people to pray. We teach people how to read God's word. But there's a lot that is to be caught. And so I pray that we would be people that when others look at our lives, that they would notice that we have spent time and love you most. May we be those kind of people. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.